0: Welcome to Pure Podcast, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and this is episode 223. Yeah. And we're doing another Level Up episode.
1: Yeah, we are leveling up again as we talk about the atomic habits. And uh, like we talked about last time, if you didn't listen, you might have a, a, an unusual view of what we mean or, or an incorrect view when we say atomic. Uh, because this book is big changes in your life, but through small changes incremental habitual changes uh so it's this very small level atomic level changes in your life like and, atoms yeah and we've made huge changes already uh just from our first book and how impactful it's been in our life so if you haven't gone back through and listened to our first level overview review on atomic habits go back and check it out it was awesome uh, but we are going to be
0: doing part two here so before we start, though, I have already implemented some of this. Nice. So, you know, because I get, we get feedback sometimes, like you always say you're going to do something and then you don't, which mm. it's not that I don't. It's just I forget sometimes and I don't talk about it. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things was the inventory check of like your daily schedule, like what do you do? And there is this thing called habit stacking, where if you have good habits, putting the habits in between. And so. I looked at my mornings and one of the things was like, working out was like all over the place. Working out, you know, I have kids. And so it'd be like, ah, oh, sometimes at seven o'clock, sometimes, you know, it'd be at noon, sometimes at one, sometimes at whatever. And so I just made the call that I'm not gonna eat breakfast until I work out. And I don't know if you're supposed to work out before or after breakfast. I don't know if it no, matters. No, you're fine.
1: It, there's different views, but you're okay.
0: But it, it gave me, you know, there's the good habits because I always consistently make sure I eat breakfast every day. And again, I'm not saying this as a health guru, okay? You don't have to, I mean, I'm never going to come across like that. But what it did is it looked at that and I said, you know what? The moment my kid gets dropped off at school, my second kid, the moment I get home, I'm just going to make sure that I'm already, you know, all my workout stuff is there. I get on there. I got this tread climber device and I just go and that's it. And, and consistently I've been able to do that six days in a row. Oh, you feeling better? Oh yeah. Feeling better. And then before that, um, I also, you know, I try to do some reading, uh, and, you, you know, sometimes I don't read, sometimes, I'm, you know, I'm trying to uh, read, you know, a book that I'm trying to read, the Bible, whatever it is. And so I uh, I fit that in right between the time I drop off my kid and the workout and right before. And like, I'm not going to do the workout until I do this first. Mm. Right. And so, you know, he talked about habit stacking, how it keeps you moving forward. And so so it's been great. It's been great. And, uh, you know, the the idea that it has to be easy access and he talks more about that in this section. But that was the one of the things he talked about in the previous chapter that you have to make your environment work mm-hmm. out. Right. So we got so much to say, but I also switched things up in my environment, making sure that I didn't have, you know, anything on my machine. No. <laughs> right. Because if you have stuff on the machine, you're like, ah, oh, I'll, I'll take care of that later. And the next thing you know, you never get to it. So I will say this has probably been as far as a lifestyle change book. I mean, I think Chris Voss's book is probably one of the most impactful ones that never split a difference as far as reselling. This one, I'll talk about how this relates to me as a reseller too. Has probably been one of the more practical books that I've been able to implement right away. So I strongly recommend if you haven't checked out our previous episode, would that be two two one? Thanks.
1: How see so, two, two one? Let,
0: let's always anyway. Just yeah, it is two two one. You'll see it there, and and I think it's even worth picking up the book because I think it's one of those books you'll go back to. So there's a link in the bio. Uh, actually, we have a link here on our YouTube if you want to catch that book. All right, let's go to the next section. We're looking at laws three and four. Yeah. Uh, no, two. Two, two and three. three, and four. Uh, no, two, two and, and three. three. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. You'll,
1: you'll get this because uh, we we read up through chapter seven last time. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had my page turned to the wrong section. <laughs> starting at so. chapter eight today. Uh, so the second law of behavior change was to make it attractive. So uh, he kind of gives these uh, ways to to implement change, different strategies to make these small changes. And one of the the first things he, he talks about here, the second law, is to make it attractive, make it something uh, that you want, or there's going to be a benefit to it, uh, because the more attractive something is, the more likely you are going to be to do it, and then uh, uh, get that habitual um, processes going. Uh, so, for instance, he just, he at one point says habits are dopamine-driven feedback loop. When dopamine rises, so does our motivation to act. So um, this is true of both good habits, usually in bad habits. So dopamine is that, that chemical that releases that basically is the pleasure sensor in your brain, which is why, um, bad habits. A lot of times are so easy to get into is because it's, they're easier to trigger that dopamine, right? A a long, good workout along with a good meal. And then resting eight hours at night is going to release some dopamine, but you know what else releases dopamine eating a donut, right? So it's like, you've got two options and both of these things create dopamine rushes, and so,
0: when you're trying to create a habit, do you get the same high with the donut than as you get get eight hours of sleep?
1: Well, no, but uh, that's why it's like a, a longer term thing, right. Like so if, if you go on a a six mile run, okay right? Your body is slowly releasing dopamine throughout the day. You feel good, you feel accomplished. You eat a donut, like it's it's a ton of dopamine all at once, right? It's yeah, and a, then you feel like
0: garbage. Like then you feel garbage, garbage the rest yeah, of the day, right? Okay.
1: But if you had to choose and you're we're 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 creatures that that literally thrive off of that dopamine rush. We especially in our, our culture today, we're constantly looking. That's why we scroll on our phone, right? That's why when you hear the bing, it's like dopamine, dopamine, right? Like you hear a message on your phone, you hear the cha-ching on eBay. That's why they do that. It creates that dopamine rush and it makes you want to do it more, which is why we get stuck in scrolling the scroll of doom, right? We're just scrolling on Instagram or something because you're hoping that something else is going to be interesting or make you laugh and give you that dopamine rush. And so when it comes to habits, he urges us to find ways to make the good habit that we want attractive, to find a way for it to be um, uh, a reward that we'll get and sometimes you have to do this by almost tricking yourself, by by rewarding yourself after you complete it. So if it's not something you want to do, I really don't want to sit down and read for 30 minutes a day. Um, I mean, I know I want to, but it's not the easiest thing to do. But I really love my coffee, right? And this is almost like the, the habit stacking thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to drink my coffee, or I'm only going to drink my coffee while I'm reading this book. right? So when you do that, what you're doing is, you're looking forward to the coffee and so you're looking forward to reading and it creates that dopamine rush and then you have that correlation. So now when you start to think about reading or that habit that you want to do, it's actually driven by a positive emotion that you're longing for as opposed to, ugh, I'd rather just go do something else, scroll on my phone.
0: Well, what I liked that what it said is it's the anticipation of a reward, not the fulfillment of it that gets it to take action, right? So I I thought that was kind of interesting. So it's kind of, you know, sometimes you make these long term plans like, hey, as a reseller, if I if I sell enough, I'm going to buy this. Right. Or if I sell enough, a family's going to go on vacation. And so what does it take for you to do that? Well, you have to develop good habits, right? Habits of sourcing, you know, wisely and and listing consistently and shipping out efficiently and, and all these different things. And so I was thinking about this and it's so true because how many times have I been looking forward to something so much and the anticipation of doing that thing has actually been better than when you finally get to it. You're like, oh, is this it?
1: Yeah. And they say the same with like even torture, right? Like don't they say what? like, the, uh well, it's true. Like even fear, like, cause we've talked in the past, okay, like okay, when, you, okay. when you're afraid of something like the worst is going to happen. And then when it actually happens, it's like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I feared. Yeah, But like the, 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 uh, the threat of torture for for people, at least I've seen this on stuff. I don't. I'm not a torturer, so I don't know for don't, sure. Where are we but, going uh, on this podcast? But but, but the, the it it just shows that the the inverse is true, and knowing that about humans that. Uh, If if one thing is true, oftentimes the inverse is is also true. And so our desire for dopamine and looking for good things, and it's the anticipation. Well, it's the anticipation of something bad, right? Like right before you go on a roller coaster, and if you're kind of afraid, it's the anticipation as you're going up that's the part where you're Mm -hmm. most afraid. Mm -hmm. When you're actually on it and it's going, you might actually be laughing and having a good time, but it's that fear before, or it's that fear of torture, right? Or the, the anticipation of pleasure that's the best part. And so he talks about um temptation bundling so taking mm-hmm. something you want to do uh with something that you need to do and you combine those two things together and again if it's that coffee or if it's the uh, i don't really want to work out but i love eating my you know french toast in the morning and if that's the way you have to get yourself to work out is to say um i'm i'm i only get to eat french toast if i work out man you're going to be looking forward to that workout because you're going to be looking forward to what you get afterwards and by temptation bundling like that you can cr- start to create that habit and eventually um, you know, it, it works out in your favor. I love that. Um, Jordan Peterson at one point made a comment about, uh, treating yourself like you're a boss, but also the employee. So you have to be both ends of this, this transaction. And a lot of times you're a really harsh boss to yourself, right? And you, you're constantly telling you know yourself you're messing up, you're not doing good enough and you require a lot and you don't often reward yourself. And so it, it creates an issue, but if you're willing to say like, I'm going to reward myself with 10 minutes of a video game or whatever it is, whatever you have to do to temptation bundle to get that little bit of anticipation and dopamine, you're going to be more likely to make those habits stick.
0: So I do a lot of this in, in my own life, especially, you know, when I, don't, I don't have my kids. So, you know, we, I had talked about before how I, I enjoyed listening, right? And you're like, ah, oh, listening, that's like the worst, but this is why I do not, do not watch my favorite shows unless I'm listening. I know that sounds contrary because you're like, hey, how do you pay attention? But I've I've tied in like entertainment things that I enjoy watching Mm. with work. So, for example, man, I'm getting right to the nitty gritty. Like I hate I hate doing dishes. I hate doing laundry. I hate doing all those things. But there are certain shows I enjoy watching. So I won't do those things unless I'm watching something I enjoy. And so every time when I have to I come on, everybody has to agree folding laundry is one of the worst things on earth. It's just horrendous. Like, I, I just can't even explain. Like, I ah, especially when you got a big family. So anyways, I will put those shows because my mind automatically goes, hey, I get to watch this. Oh, I got to do some money, but I get to watch this. Mm-hmm. Right. I get to do some. I get to do some dishes, but I'm going to get to watch what I've been waiting to watch. Right. Listening. Hey, I've really been wanting to watch this movie. I'm going to wait now. Some of you might say, well, Orlando, I, I really just want to zone out and just enjoy the movie. And I think there's a time to do that. But I will tell you, it's helped me a lot. It has helped my productivity to do that because when I and some I disagree because, you know, there's there's also the other argument of if you multitask, you're not going to get a lot completed. Right. But I don't see it as multitasking if I'm just handling a couple of things and I, I can do them well. And so lately, that has been my habit. Like every night I will list from, you know, eight to whatever, eight to nine or nine to ten. And I'll put the office on because I love watching the we all, you know, Unfortunately, they left Netflix and they're on Peacock now, but I'm paying for that now. But that is like my uh, my comfort zone when it comes to listening. Mm. So I get to enjoy a show I like to watch and I can only watch that show if I'm listening.
1: Yeah. And I've done a similar thing with like certain books that I like to listen to uh, on Audible. I'll only listen to when I was running and uh, I hated running. But yeah, I, it, it actually was something I look forward to. Well, I want to go on my run because I want to find out what happens next. And I've kind of done a similar thing with... Not listing because I feel like I need a little bit more focus when I'm listing, but taking pictures uh, because I don't have to focus as much when I'm taking pictures. I don't have to like think about what what should I write here? How can I change? I'm just taking pictures, and it's kind of a, an easy thing to do. But there's certain podcasts I'll only listen to when I'm taking pictures, and mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, a new podcast came out. I really want to listen to this one. Well, I better get to the office and take some pictures, right? So it it does it it definitely helps create something to be more habitual. Uh, well, it's
0: it's weird because. When I, like, let's say I decide to watch some Office, right? And I'll sit down. Like, I'll, if I'm just sitting there, I'm going to feel like I need to get my MacBook and I mm-hmm. need to start listing. Right? Because because I don't know what it is, but something triggers in me that, hey, I need to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm wasting time. I'm not taking care of this. But anyways, that's just, I don't know if they're the best examples, but there are some examples of how I've had it work for me. Now, the, ne- the, next, the next one was kind of interesting. I, I don't know. This one I was kind of back and forth about. I like this one. The the So chapter nine is the role of family and friends in shaping your habits. All right, so what, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, what I really liked about this one is he
1: talks about there's kind of three different three different um, cultures that we belong to, right? We belong to, we have a close family and friends. Then we have kind of like our extended tribe, uh, which is like the, the extended culture you might be a part of. And then there's the, the powerful, the people we look to and want to be like. And what he argues is that we... Whatever cultures we are a part of, we're going to have the types of habits that are well praised in those cultures. So if you are a part of a group of people who, um, and let me just give you a really silly example, um, but I'm going to give this one and it's really makes me look bad. But uh, when I was, when I was smoking again, no, okay. when I was young, I, um, for whatever reason, my parents, when they taught us to brush our teeth, it was never at night. It was only in the morning. It's the only time we brush our teeth as a kid. I didn't even know people did it as they were older. And then you go to the dentist and they're like, make sure you're brushing two to three times a day. And it was always like, yeah, okay, nobody does
0: that. Two to three times. Right. I remember when they used to tell you after every meal. After Do you yeah. brush
1: after every meal? No, just morning and night. Okay. Uh, but um, then I remember I was, so I never had the habit of brushing at night. And then I would go to like, like a, a church camp or something like that. And there'd be people around and they would always go before bed and brush their teeth. And I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm like, I better go brush my teeth, right? And then like, it's almost like the peer pressure of like, this is what we do. like. And that's a small thing, but but the reality is when you're around people who do certain things, they value something, you're going to try and blend into that, especially if you want to be a part of that. So if you're part of a, a subculture, and I think resellers is a good mm-hmm. example of that. When you're part of a reselling culture, um, the type of gung-ho, go get it, work hard, stay up late and list, tell you hustle. drop, right? Like all of those things, it's easier to adopt those things if it's valued in your community. And so we can use this knowledge to our advantage. If we're part of a community that values things that we don't value and it's bringing us down, right? Maybe they like to spend their weekends drinking and, you know, wasting time instead of being productive. And we want, we see ourselves being more productive. We want out of that lifestyle. Then you need to find the right kind of tribe or the right community that's going to help
0: move you in that direction. No, I agree completely. And the, uh, the tough one for me on this one is, is, you know, what if you want to be part of different communities, right? That That's a struggle. I mean, we both struggle on that, right? I mean, I, you struggle with it more than I do because you're, you're a full-time teacher. Mm. Right. But, and I, I think there's a lot, a lot of truth in this, you know, in the book they say the shared identity begins to reinforce your personal identity. Right. So my identity's changed, right. When I, when I worked at the school, I was a vice principal. I was there, you know, 15 years. Like that was my identity. And it's weird. I remember the first time that Mike said something to me like, "Pierce of podcast and now part of your identity. Right. And it's weird because I transfer from one group to another group. Right. And, you know, you guys watch me on Instagram. Like I love recently. It's what I do. Da, da, da. But as far as teaching, like, I feel like I'm not, I'm still effective as a teacher when I teach my class once a week but I don't think I'm anywhere as good as I could be Mm. because I'm not in that community anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, my only discussion with about education is probably with Mike before the podcast. I mean, at any time that we talk about something, but I I really do believe if you want to be better at anything, and this is common sense stuff, but I, it's good to reinforce sometimes, especially reselling. This is why I'm so big on being on social media, especially if you're a full-time reseller, you might say, well, I, I've run my business on my own for so long. I don't need to be on social media. I know what I'm doing. I think that's true. I think there's a lot of people that can be really successful. But I will tell you the gains from even the podcast. So I, I was watching uh, a YouTube the other day. Uh, they were, it was like they're going live and it was all the stock market stuff, you know, everything that's been going down. If you don't know, I don't know where you live, but it's been a big deal. And I remember one of the comments on there said, hey, I have my YouTube channel we're not making any money from our YouTube channel, but we've made a lot of money from the networking in the community that we're in. Right. And it's been so true about reselling where before here's a podcast, like I thought I knew a lot of stuff, but I've gained so much more value than I think Mike and I have ever shared from being in the reselling community. Mm. There's the motivation, there's the new skills learned. There's the, basically the idea that, Hey, we know what the ongoing trends are we know what's happening we know what to do and so i 100 percent believe you know what he's saying you want to develop good habits and i think the reselling community as long as you know you're connecting with the right people you're going to develop good habits that are going to help your business right so it says when changing your cat habits this is on page 121 when changing your habits means challenging the tribe changes unattractive when changing your habit means feeding in with the tribe Change is very attractive, right? And so, if you find that right tribe and that is making your business really, you know, take it to the next level, you're gonna, you're gonna want that. You're gonna thrive that. I, I think about Clubhouse right now. Uh, Clubhouse is kind of developing its own tribe. I, it's interesting because on Clubhouse, you know, you can go on all kinds of different. You can go on one about, you know, people that enjoy chess, and you could go to another one that's about like. I'm an entrepreneur and I make seven to eight figures. Like you just jump into these different rooms. And, but what's, what, what's nice about it is you're able to get into another tribe, but you can also jump out and you can keep going with the tribe that is allowing you to thrive in your business where on social media, it's kind of hard, but on clubhouse. So again, I know people need invites and so on and we've been sending them out to people that we can, but it's another reinforcement of what you're doing now. I want to, we're going to talk about this on the update episode, but I do see a danger in all of this in hurting business. If you get too caught up in social media. Hmm. So yeah. anyways, all right. Are we ready for the next section? That was pretty easy to understand. Yeah. All right. So uh, chapter 10, how to find and fix the causes of your habits. Uh, and this one kind of brings us full circle. So the second law was
1: to make your habit attractive. The one you want to gain and the inverse of it is also true, which is to uh, make, make uh, the thing you don't want to do unattractive, right? So uh, there's, there's a motive and then there's the thing you're actually looking for. And um, he, he actually argues that habits are modern day solutions to ancient desires. There's certain things that we're looking for, whether it's approval, pleasure, safety, all of these things. And the habits that we pick up on are our desire for that. And I've met a lot of people, I mean, talking about this idea of uh, bad habits, right? Um, and and I, I can speak from experience with something like smoking, because for me, part of it was a tribe. At the time in my life, it was the people I was around, that was the habits they were in. Uh, and another part of it was, it was the quick stress relief, even though looking back, I realized like it was not really a stress relief, but there was that feeling of control of something in my life, right? Like I had control of this. I, it was a a moment of relaxation, a moment of, Mm -hmm. and so that was what I was looking for. I was looking for approval from certain people and I was looking for some kind of escape. And so that was what the desire was. And in reality for me, it it really was no matter what kind of an unattractive trait that I, I stopped to realize it was unattractive, but the way I smelled the way it, it, you know, the cost, right. How much it cost me. And so if you can pick up a good habit by attaching it to something you want, making it something you want then connect the bad habits you don't want to do with something you really really dislike or if i do this then now i'm going to have to do this other thing this other thing that i really don't like to do and so can you take those bad habits figure out the motive behind them and almost in some ways it's like punish yourself right for for doing the bad thing like make this thing unattractive if i do this i mean that kind of is the uh, you're not the, talking about
0: rubber bands on wrists or you no
1: but oh, okay but it's almost like the idea of like uh uh, putting money in the swear jar, right? Like mm. if I do this, I have to punish myself. And every time it's costing me money. And eventually it's like, I don't want to say that because I don't want to put any more money in that jar, right? It's kind of the the one of the ideas of making a bad habit unattractive.
0: Well, and, and we'll talk about that later because he has a full chapter on that section. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked was this part of where he said, "How to reprogram your brain to enjoy hard habits, right? Basically, a shift in mindset. and and we've heard this all, a lot of this is common sense, but again, I think it's good to reinforce. he states, now imagine changing just one word. You don't have to do something, you get to do something. All right. So I have a couple of examples that in my own life i've I've taken to heart, you know, in the beginning of the of the pandemic, I remember, you know, you hear about, you know, it was just it was horrible. It's still horrible, right? And I used to hate working out, but now every time I work out, it's an evidence of me that I'm good. Right. I don't have COVID. I'm going to be all right. And so I don't see it as I have to work out to beat the pandemic. It's like I get to work out cause I'm in good health. Mm. Right. And I'm not in great health. I'm just saying like I'm in better health. Right. So, so I get to do something. Uh, even, you know, some, so there's those days. I know those of you that are parents that, especially if you're a single parent, you know, you've had a long day, you've been working hard, you pick up the kids from school and you're in the kitchen and you're making food and you're like, ah, I hate having to do this. Like, I, I wish I could just, you know, and you could, you could go out and grab food, but you know, you want your kids to have a healthy meal. And so you could have the, Hey, I, I have to do this. Like my kids have to eat healthy or I get to do this. I only have my kids for so long before I know it, they're going to be graduating. I'm not going to see them anymore. And I didn't even not graduate. My kid's going to get their license and that's it. I'll never see my, my son ever again. Once he gets his license. But I get right now the ability to make this meal. We get to eat around the table and enjoy our time with one another. And so it's definitely a shift in mindset. I mean, even with saving money, we've talked about the total money makeover. As a paragraph here says, saving money is often associated with sacrifice. However, you can associate it with freedom rather than limitation if you realize one simple truth. Living below your current means increases your future means. Right. So you can live like no one else. Right. Discipline equals freedom. Habits equals freedom. Anyways, I like that, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, the money you save this month increases your purchasing power next month. And it's it's a mindset change, right? Because like I said earlier on in the, in the other Level Up Review episode, I hated habits because I felt that habits locked me down. But finding out over these last few weeks applying habits has actually freed my time. I haven't talked about the fact that once 10 something in the morning hits, I've already gotten my workout done. My kids are in school. They already eat breakfast. I already eat breakfast. All my packages are already shipped. They're already dropped off at the post office. And now I have, until I get to pick up my youngest son from school, I have all that time that I can devote to the business. And hopefully what that means is after I pick up my kids from school, I can go home and I don't have to worry about anything reselling unless I get a ching
1: Yeah. And so I think, so correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, there was probably a point in time and, you know, tell me I'm I'm terrible oh, for throwing right. this out there, but no, okay. there's probably a point in time when you were like sleeping in till like Oh, 10.
0: dude. Okay. So I,
1: I'll be real. Yeah. Actually, it was worse than that. It was like noon. Okay. So the reason like, so we've had an earlier podcast discussions mm-hmm. where I'm like, you got to wake up earlier. You got to wake up mm-hmm. earlier. And a big part of that wasn't just wake up earlier and sit around and do nothing. Right. Like a big part of yeah. it kind of assumes that fill your day with these things with good habits and- Then, yeah, like you said, when you can look at and say, by 10 o'clock, I've already done things that I might not have had done until the evening, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right, that actually frees up a ton of your time, a ton of potential, and allows you to be more productive in the evening as opposed to, well, I'll just stay up later and try and do those things. Well, if you try and save the workout until later in the day, it's always hanging over your head. You're probably not going to actually get to it. So,
0: Well, no, I'm glad you brought that up because... I don't know how many times I've shared this, but when I was full time, I felt like I had all the time in the world. So I throw it out. Yeah, I would, when I, you know, especially when, when my, my boys had to go with their mom, I would sleep until noon because it's all good. Like there's a point in reselling where you have enough inventory that you don't feel the need to constantly list. Now that all depends on how much you want to scale. If you want to have a million dollar business, you probably need to be at the least listing at the least. I mean, this is bare bones. Like if you want to hit over six figures all the time, you got to at least list 25 a day, mm. which means you got to source a lot. Right. If you want to get into a million dollar seller, I think uh, uh, there's tech and sports. If you guys see him on Instagram, I, I think he, I don't know, he lists like 200 something a day. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, he's, I think he hasn't played out, but he was doing it on his own. But that's, that's what it takes. So for me, Mike and I have talked about like, I'm not, I'm not looking to be that million dollar seller. I'm just looking at, have more time, more time with my kids, right? And so, and especially because in San Diego, I feel like trying to get property and so on, like there has to be major moves that happen for me to get there. So, anyways, I don't want to belabor the point, but y- you're right, you're right. And what is it? What is it that we learned in Chris Voss's? Like, if you act- actually believe that you're right, I say that's right. Mm. Okay, so that's I don't know. You guys that have been following us for a while. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I, I agree, I agree. And and the habit has been I have to g- get up in the morning I, and I'll say one more thing and we'll move on. So all these books that we've read have overall helped shape my life in different ways, right? So the five second rule, like there's times I, I don't wanna wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm gonna get up in five seconds, mm. right? The Tim Ferriss four hour work week, it was about if you think something's gonna take eight hours, it's gonna take eight hours. Or if you say it's gonna be two hours and you actually implement it, you can get it done in two hours. That's impacted things negotiation from Chris Voss has impacted things. This book, Atomic Habits, a uh, richest man in Babylon about paying yourself first. So what we're saying is if you've been listening to our podcasting, you're only catching our update episodes and our theme episodes and you see a level up and you're like, yeah, cause they are our listen, our lowest listened episodes still. I mean, we still do. All right. I encourage you to go to those because I think you're going to see that there's going to be a lot more changes that are going to directly affect your business. All right. That's enough about the promo of the podcast, but. Thought I throw it out
1: there. Well, well, since we're already talking about promos on the podcast, uh, before <laughs> Maybe. we get to the next section, okay, <laughs> you don't you don't even have to say that part. We could just jump right in and say uh, our domes are looking real good, and the reason they're looking real real good is we have been using Skull Shaver. Skull Shaver has been a total game changer. When we're talking about habits, uh, it is much easier to spend a couple of minutes a day doing something that's easy and comfortable and not like you
0: don't have to worry about you're gonna nick yourself and all those things. That is the worst. When you gotta go to a special event and yeah. you're, like you nick your head. Yeah. And, and you, you look terrible yeah. no matter what. Yeah. You could have a suit and everybody's gonna notice that nick on your head. Yeah. yeah. So this Skull Shaver has been great. Uh we've really
1: enjoyed using it. And so um you know, it's one of those things like we don't want to, we don't want to belabor the point and just constantly say like, you got to get a skull shaver. You got to get a skull shaver uh, because maybe you don't have a bald head. Maybe you've been cursed with a full head of hair, but if you're like us and (laughs) lucky enough to have uh, a dome that needs to be shaved, then skull shaver, give it a shot, give them a try. You won't regret it. Uh, And uh, if you do so use promo promo code pure. Uh, So go to skullshaver.com, use promo code pure. You'll get a nice discount and it'll let them know that
0: we sent you there. And, uh, Uh, We really appreciate that. There you go. And also, I really appreciate all of you that have been sponsoring us at BuyMeACoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. We're slowly, slowly getting there uh, to the place that we want to be able to provide more content. And so if you haven't yet signed up for less than a dollar an episode, I think it's like a few cents. It's definitely less than a cup of coffee. Uh, And that's why it's called buymeacoffee.com slash prehustle. Not why they called it that, but that's why we're calling it that. Uh, You can sign up there uh, five bucks a month. Really appreciate. Thank you all because you know, we're, we're in between sponsors constantly and they help fill in the gaps and allow us to do more uh, with the podcast and even on social media. Like if you've been watching us on social, I've been, I've been consistent on social, but haven't been as consistent as I'd like to be. And it's because I, I just got to devote more time to reselling because that is my main form of income. And, and as the podcast is able to bring more income, I can maybe do more on that end too. So really appreciate that. Again, there's a link below, buymeacoffee.com slash hustle. And as always, you can find us on social media. We are Pure Podcast on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. We are Pure Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. Uh, thank you to all of you that have been following us on Clubhouse. Some interesting conversations on there. Uh, and hopefully you'll be able to get on. Also, if you ever want to give us a call, 619 619 You know, we really would love it if if any of these level up reviews, I mean, how many books are we in? I, I forgot to bring the other books. We're missing like four books we ha- we read from up there. Uh, but if any of these books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, 4-Hour Workweek, Richest Man in Babylon, The 10X Rule. I mean, all these books I read, if they've impacted you, we would love for you to give us a call and just let us know. And maybe we'll have like a, Reflection episode about, you know, what have we implemented? What have others implemented? And maybe it'll inspire and motivate others uh, to take action. So, six one nine seven three eight eleven seventy. Always shoot us an email, email purestpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestpodcast at com. And as always, love the iTunes reviews. Always help us out in the algorithm. Just want to read our latest. Wow, I actually turned on an episode while I was doing that. All right. So, I like this. They titled this Think Outside the Box. So, five star review. So, Luckily, we're not Robin Hood. All right. So they said this is Jason 132423 said Mike and Orlando are always discussing tips and tricks that I am currently using to improve and scale my business. They provide firsthand accounts and experiences that are informative and allow me not to make the same mistakes they did. I'm so glad we can help out in that way. Um, After every episode... I feel like they are challenging me to think outside the box in order to keep improving. Great information that will provide both new and seen resellers with the next steps to take to improve your business at vintage flipper. I believe that's on Instagram Vintage flipper. Thank you so much for the review. Appreciate it. We're at 392. We need eight more to get to 400.
1: Ooh. Can you, can you make it into those who've reviewed before 400? Cause like, that's a special club. Like, (laughs) So I'm just encouraging anybody who can be, if you can be one of those last eight to leave us a review and to give us stars before 400, like you can be hipster and say like, I listened to pure hustle podcast before they were big. Right. So you want to jump on there and give us that review now. Cause once we're over 400, we'll still appreciate it, but uh, you'll miss that boat. Okay. (laughs) See what
0: I'm doing there. It's a little bit of psychology. I'm trying to get them. Hey, it's all good. I get it. I get it. Hey, thank you all for your support. All right, let's, let's move on now. We are at the, Third law, make it easy. Okay, so chapter 11, let you get started on this one. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I like
1: about this chapter is um, there's kind of a focus on moving and taking action. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this myself, uh, I'm a researcher, I'll research a ton of things, I'll plan, I'll I'll do all that. And I do think planning is important. However, a lot of times when it comes to becoming the person you want to be, recognizing the habits you need to have. We can get caught in this trap where we plan and research and listen to podcasts about it and write out ideas and say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this. And in reality, what you really need to do most of the time is just take action. And he urges us to uh, focus on action and to... He actually says at one point, the most effective form of learning is practice, not planning. And the more we can slowly start to implement things because maybe you'll fail maybe you'll try to implement a habit and you'll realize well this didn't work at this time what if i try this but if you kind of just are sitting there and constantly thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and planning it you're going to get stuck um really doing nothing and so i think that's just such an encouragement that a lot of times you have to take action if 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 listing 10 items a day is a habit you want to get into or waking up and going to the gym or whatever it is, you can plan and think about the best time, the best this. The easiest thing is to just, all right, I need to do this, go and do it. And the more you do that, you actually slowly begin to make it easier because the more you habitually do something, all right, it's right, first thing in the morning, I'm gonna list my 10 items, first thing in the morning, I'm gonna list my 10 items. Next thing you know, you're waking up and by the time you've done listing your 10 items, you're like, oh, I didn't even have to think about doing that, right? It's become easy because of repetition and kind of forcing yourself to do it. But a lot of times you just have to take that action.
0: Well, and this applies, especially if you're a new reseller. I mean, this is there's this has so many different applications to so many things, right? And so reselling is a habit. And the fact that you have to have the habit of, you know, consistently going to, whether it's thrift stores or sorting through pallets or doing retail arbitrage or wherever it is. And so I was thinking about this because you know, I've been sourcing with my, my son and trying to get him to understand recently. And I forgot how rough it is. Mm. So uh, props out to all of you that are starting new. I understand. Uh, Well, now I understand more of what you're going through because I'm going through it with my son where, you know, he, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna. I, how much research do I need to do? You know, what do I need to watch? And, I think there's value in that. I think you need to watch hours of YouTube. I think you need to listen to hours of podcasts, preferably hours, and you need to uh, you know, do a lot of research. But if you're not taking action, you're never gonna figure things out, right? I mean, with eBay, like the biggest error, barrier to selling on eBay is shipping, yeah. right? A lot of people are trying to figure out what's the best way to ship, what do I do? Sometimes it just takes you having to ship something you don't wanna ship, yeah. right? Yeah. And once you do it two or three times, The stuff that you learned along the way, you don't even think about it anymore because it's just part of your process. Yeah. You could
1: pay $500 for a course or you can overpay $500 in shipping for a few months as you're learning and you're going to be better off. Right. Uh, I mean, because in fact, one of the things he says here, which I think is good is the amount of time you have been performing a habit is not as important as the number of times you've performed it. And I think about this in a way like I've been I've been reselling now for going on three years. Um, And let's just say you've been full time for about the same time, two Mm -hmm. and a half, three years, somewhere around there, right? So we could say we've been going at this for three years. I know you've been doing it longer, but let's just say we we could say certain things we've had a habit of doing the same amount of time. But because you're putting in more repetition, Mm -hmm. you might be hitting a thrift store every single day, or you might be hitting retail arbitrage every day. I've been doing retail arbitrage for three years, but I only go once a month right like the habits that i'm i need to form the going in the store what to pull up how to do it how to be the most efficient i don't have it as as strongly as orlando does and so one of the encouragements from that is it's not even so much the time cuz a lot of times you get stuck on that too is i'm going to have to do this for years or months before it becomes comfortable or becomes easy don't even think about time think about repetitions and just keep doing it because every time you do it the next time is a little easier and the next time is a little easier and so as hard as it is now it's not going to get harder. It's only going to get easier. And that's that's an encouraging thing, especially when we're thinking about law number three is to make it easy. Well, if I want it to be easier tomorrow, then I need to do it some today because then tomorrow is going to be easier and the next day is going to be easier. And so just putting in that repetition of setting up the light box, going to the gym, um, doing the sourcing, whatever it is, printing out the labels, whatever it is that you have to get into repetitions of doing, the more repetitions you do, the easier it is. And the easier it is, tomorrow when you're having a really bad day, the water heater breaks and and this is going wrong and this is going wrong. Well, if your habits are easy, you don't have as much of a reason to try and avoid them. It's like, well, I'm still going to do these things even though I've had a bad day. But if the habit is difficult for you, you're going to be more likely to, to look for every out you can find.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think an easy example to understand for all of us is those creators that you watch on YouTube or on podcasts, right? Because, you know... There's a lot of people that are like, oh, I I don't know if I want to make a YouTube channel. I don't know if I want to do a podcast. What is the right kind of mic? What is the kind? I mean, we get questions all the time and we don't mind. We'll help. We'll answer. But there's a lot of people that are like they get into this analysis paralysis and they're thinking too, too hard about it. And Mike and I, when we started this podcast, we I mean, might have some background knowledge, but we just went with it. Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't we didn't go to any and not, not saying that our podcast is top tier or anything. I do think we put a quality product out. But what it took was us to just barrel through it. Yeah. And the more we, we did it, the more comfortable. If you watch our first two episodes,
1: yeah. man, it is brutal. Just watch five minutes of our first episode and then like our last update episode. Or even our intro the video
0: that we still have on YouTube, which we need to replace one Ooh, day. Yeah, what were we thinking? <laughs> but it's then? like, hey, we're Pure Hustle Podcast. Thanks for watching. I don't even yeah. know how it looks. Like. So, I haven't watched it. so unbearable.
1: Uh, but yeah, I think that's a great example Is is you can find any any YouTuber, if they've got their early stuff up, you see the growth Mm -hmm. and we know that, right? Like we see, we see the bodybuilder on stage or you see, you know, somebody, uh, an athlete who's performing a sport at, at peak performance and you recognize that they didn't get there from, you know, just one day they woke up and they tried really hard for a day or two and then they were there, right? It was, it was countless repetitions over and over and over and over and over and over and then it pays off in the end. And recognizing that what was really difficult for them to do at one point, maybe somebody who's a marathon runner, the first time they ran a mile might've been a big challenge. Now it's like nothing. It's a warm up for them because they've put in the repetitions. So think about that for the the habits that are really difficult for you now. And just consider, got to get the repetitions in. If I just do it daily, if I do it every day for a month, the next month it's going to be easier. And that encouragement can help a lot because um, and I'll go back to quitting smoking, right? Because I think breaking habits and, and if anybody out there has has an ex-smoker, you know that like breaking a nicotine addiction is probably one of the most challenging things. I know there are physically more addictive substances that can cause like really bad withdrawal systems, different drugs and things. But as far as psychological addiction... Um, I'm. I still know that I'm. I'm a nicotine addict. That I still have cravings, right? And oh, I
0: I only smoked for three months, and I still like yeah. every once in a while I get a craving. To tw- and that was when I was 15. That yeah. was 25 years ago.
1: And and it's it's so so anybody who who recognizes that or has gone through that, you know how hard that kind of stuff is. So that's why I bring it up. But when you're quitting and and you know it's like today's a really hard day. I really really want to, but I know if I can get through today, tomorrow's gonna suck, but it's not gonna suck as much as today sucked. And next week's gonna suck, but it's not gonna suck as much as this week sucked, right? And and, it, and a year from now, I'm gonna be a lot better off than I am today. And so that hope, that gives you hope. And the same thing is true for developing a good habit that's hard, it's difficult, getting up every morning, uh, getting up early and and exercising before you do this or reading before you do that. Yeah, it might be difficult, but as difficult as it is today, if you keep doing it, it's gonna get easier. And so that's hope, that hope can drive you forward.
0: Yeah, and I just, I wanna go back to my point earlier on real quick. All you have to do is whoever your favorite YouTube reseller is outside of Purcell Podcast, go to their first two videos. Especially there's some out there that drop like two videos a week and they're well-polished. They're well done. I guarantee you that when they started, it was rough and their editing took hours. But once they started consistently doing it, right, they kept putting out a better product, they kept editing and it's very well-polished. And so you know any any of us can do certain things i do think the repetition part like you just said is is the key and i like i like what uh the, the author says james clear says here one of the most common questions i hear is how long does it take to build a new habit but what people really should be asking is how many uh, i'm just going to ruin this point let me start over he says one of the most common questions is i hear is how long does it take to build a new habit but what people really should be asking is how many does it take to form a new habit? That is how many repetitions are required to make a habit automatic. And that's what you're looking for is you want it to be automatic. It's not 10 days, 15 days, 30 days. It's How many times is it going to take for it to be automatic? And for some people, it's like five times. Sometimes it's 30. Some people it's a hundred. All right. But he says to build a habit, you need to practice it at the most effective way to make practice happen is to adhere to the third law of behavior change. Make it easy, and that leads us to our next chapter of the law of least effort.
1: Yeah, and I, I love this one because we we kind of talked about this a little bit last time when we talked about having water at your bed or me getting my gym clothes ready in the morning. Uh, but one of the things that this uh, chapter talks about is creating an environment where doing the right thing is as easy as possible. We naturally are looking for the least resistance. When we meet up with a resistance, if we see another option that seems to be easier we tend to gravitate towards that. That's why sleeping in and hitting the snooze button is so easy for us, right? Because it's easier to hit the snooze button than it is to face the reality of getting up and it being cold. And you've got to, you know, run to the heater and turn it on, right?
0: Doesn't it feel so nice when you just go back to sleep? Exactly, because
1: there's... there. But dopamine hits hard. mm -hmm, But if you create resistance, if you make it harder to do that or easier to do the right thing, if you know waking up is really hard to do because it's cold in the morning and you don't have any of your stuff and you're digging through a drawer, well... Get your clothes out and the warm stuff out ready. Maybe get your coffee pot ready. So by the time you wake up, it's already brewing. And by the time you get in the kitchen, it's there. So you're not, you already are making the morning as easy as possible. And I think this is true for things like reselling. If you have an environment that is easily set up for, for taking pictures.
0: Oh, I was about to say, we're thinking on the same level. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, no. So if you've got if you've got
1: your, your space clean, you've got a light box that you can have set up, or maybe it's already set up, you always have it set up and you have your stuff organized in a way where um, it's easy to take the item, put it in, take the picture, take it out, put it in the right spot in the inventory. If the environment is easy, you're going to do it. But if you've got to dig around, like, where did that light box go? I can't find it. And oh man, I need to clean this light box before I use it because there's stuff on the, if you, if you have a lot of resistance to the, the thing that you're trying to do, you're not gonna do it. You're gonna be more likely to be frustrated and avoid it. But if you make sure that it's easy, right? Like my wife is really good at, you know, making sure everything's really clean before and everything gets put away at night before we go to bed. And I'm like, man, I'd rather just go to bed. But I tell you what, it makes the morning and it makes the next day really easy when everything is in its home and it has its right place. So the same thing is true Especially with when taking you're in pictures. Your trailer,
0: man. Oh gosh, yeah. You, you need to make that happen.
1: Small now- space.
0: We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting a scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Cellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Cellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Cellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, pure hustle 25. That's the numbers two, five. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code pure hustle 25. So, I, I want to add to what Mike is saying because I have, I have a perfect example. So, When I first started reselling, I had my my mannequin, which was the mannequin that somebody used in a senior prank on a math teacher. Anyway, that's a a whole nother story. So I had this mannequin and then I would take pictures in my kitchen. And in order to do that, I would have to move out the dining table. Then I'd have to put this white vinyl background. Mm. Then I'd have to get the mannequin. Then I, and it would just be super, and that took, you know, that whole process would take about 10 minutes. And then if there was clutter anywhere, it made it even worse. Now I bought that massive light box that, you know, it costs like $300. And I got to tell you, I list so much faster because it's an easy habit now. I don't think about all the different hoops I have to jump through now. I understand if you're in a place financially, you can't make that happen. Totally understandable. But I do think that getting, you know, the small light box, even for shoes, right? It's going to make your whole life easier because that thing is self-contained. You just pop it open, plug it in. It's ready to go. Right. And so when it comes to reselling, right, if you want to make listing easier, if you want to make shipping easier, you, you have to make sure that there aren't obstacles getting in your way. If you want to make sure that you're always shipping out items at four o'clock in the afternoon and you're not feeling rushed, want to make sure that everything is organized. You have easy, easy access to everything. You have more than you need, because then you can quickly get to it. Because the easier it is, the better habit you're going to create, and the more efficient you're going to be. So he says here, habits are easier to build when they fit into the flow of your life. You're more likely to go to the gym if it's not on your way to work, uh, because stopping doesn't add much friction to your lifestyle. By comparison, if the gym is off the path of your normal commute, even by just a few blocks, now you're going out of your way to get there. So here's another example. And then I'll stop talking. So, I I used to work out with one of my friends, and going to the gym was like a thirty minute drive to go to the gym, a thirty minute back, and I didn't mind going. But I was like, this is like this is taking. I was thinking about my time, and it was right before I had to ship things off to the post office too. So the whole thing was a mess. So there's there's a lot of days I just canceled, and then eventually I ended up getting you know a workout machine to that right in my house it's easy i i don't have clutter on it it's easy access and i've been consistently been able to do that now there's something to be said about the gym and accountability and all that i don't know what that looks like because in california gyms have not been existent for like is it a year now no it's been like nine months Yeah, getting close it's been i mean at least the legal there's speakeasy gyms but we're not going to go into all those uh but anyways You got you got to make it something that's accessible. If sourcing is an issue for you, like let's say, you know, sourcing takes a lot because you have to, you know, go out of your way to drive somewhere or you got to, you know, figure out. You don't have cash on hand because the thrift
1: stores or garage sales require cash, but you don't keep it on hand. So you don't stop because you don't have cash. Well, what can you do? Make sure you always have an envelope of cash, you know, mm-hmm. in your bag or, you know, right right in your envelope or something in your car. So that that's not friction for you of like, oh, I need cash to go to this thrift store. Oh, no problem. I always carry two hundred dollars in cash.
0: Or, you know, an- another example and I'll well, let's talk, let's go to prime environment for future use. So uh that's the next part of the Okay, if we move on. Go for it. So next part says the purpose of resetting each room is not simply to clean up after the last action, but to prepare for the next action. So talking about getting the environments ready for the next thing, you talked about putting stuff for the gym. So one of the things I hate, you're gonna this is gonna shock people. I hate waking up for garage sales. I despise it. I, I I love garage sales, but I hate and this is why Mike always beats me in the morning at garage sales, because he he's a morning person. So but you, you don't like waking up, do you?
1: I hate waking up. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm only a morning person because I've done it for years and years and years and I forced myself to get out of okay. bed. So. So. Habit. It's become
0: habitual. Okay. Well, there you go. And that's what we're talking about. Repetition. But, but here's the thing. I know that if the night before I have my route planned, I know the night before I've already taken the cash out. I know the night before if I've cleared out the trunk and, you know, I've, I've set everything in motion. I have, you know, my... Uh, a cup of diet, dude, to wake up in the morning, ready to go. I have everything ready to go. Chances that I'm going to get out the door on time and hit those garage sales are very high. If I don't plan my route before, if I forget to get cash and I'm like, hey, I'll go to the bank on the way. If I, if I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to make breakfast. I don't know if there's all these things in place that are going to be obstacles for me. Chances that I'm going to get up early are less likely. But if I have everything to go, I kind of there's like this guilt accountability. Like I already did all this. I might as well make this happen. right? It's kind of like if you don't want to go to the gym. Well, if you're already all dressed for the gym, you got your shoes on, you know, chances that you're going to sit down and, and take off your shoes and go sit on the couch and start watching Netflix are probably pretty small. Right. So it's very important to prime the environment for future use. Right. Whenever you organize a space, uh, James Clear says for, a li- for its intended purpose, you are priming it to make the next action easy. Mm-hmm. Are we good with that? That all makes sense. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same. This I think it's the same thing he was talking about previously about making your environment. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it's, it's so true because I, one more thing, Clutter, right? Clutter to me is,
1: is bad. Yep. If and I spend, if I spend, I mean, people come into my classroom. Not saying
0: I don't clutter. I'm a mad professor. When I was an educator, I was a mad professor. Mm, not
1: yeah. me. i my desks, my desk, I will spend ten minutes at the end of the day if I have to to get everything put away perfectly at my my desk at work because if I have a perfectly clear desk with everything in its place, my my efficiency and effectiveness goes up tenfold. Right, So even one or two papers out of place and it's bugging me. It's uh, You're constantly thinking about it. And so, yeah, getting rid of the clutter there makes everything so much easier, uh, but it takes a little bit of time. It's funny how c- that time it takes to get set up or clean up a, an area might spend five or 10 minutes, but you're going to save way more than five or 10 minutes throughout the day, mm-hmm. right? Which kind of is what leads into the next part of um, stop procrastinating by using the two-minute rule. And in this section, one of the things he kind of argues is that you can't, um, you got to make new habits uh, short and simple and easy to start with. And the two minute rule is a habit when you're first starting a new habit, you should be able to complete it in two minutes. Um, And once you've established a habit, you can improve a habit, but you can not improve a habit that doesn't exist. So it's kind of one of those, it's better to start with something. If your goal is, I want to run you know, three miles every morning when I wake up, or I wanted to list a hundred items every day, you got this big lofty goal. Well, maybe the habit needs to be, I'm going to list every day. I'm just going to list every day. I'm not going to set some crazy number. Eventually I want to be at a certain point, but I'm going to list every single day because once you get in the habit of listing every day, then you can improve it. Huh? I could list a few more items or I can list a little bit faster, but if that's not a habit, if you're not listing every day anyways, then well, lofty goals aren't going to change anything, but if you can make it simple and easy, a simple process that you can do once you've created it as a habit, now you
0: can improve it. it it's, it's so true because y- you have to start somewhere, right? And I think that's one of the best parts of atomic habits. We're talking about atoms. We're talking about building blocks. We're talking about starting small. And some things may seem monumental. Listing 100 items a day to me seems monumental. Right. But if you just start with five and then after a while you get to 10 and 15 and 20 and then you get quicker about it. Right. You're more efficient. You develop better systems. You will get to that place. Right. So it says whenever you are struggling with to stick with a habit, you can employ the two minute rule, It's a simple way to make your habits easy. And so, you know, I, I kind of it, it's I w- it does take discipline, you know, and some of this stuff. I'm looking at the early riser thing. He has uh, he has this one page where he has examples of habit sharing and he talks about. Let's let's talk about the one I which is easier to me and then we'll talk about the tough one. So starting the exercise, right? So phase one is changing to workout clothes. We talked about that. Uh, phase two is step out the door, try taking a walk. Okay, so you already get into that. Three is drive to the gym, exercise for five minutes and leave. See, I don't know if anyone that would go to the gym for five minutes and leave. I mean, would you I, I just I I would think if I drove that far, I better make it a workout. So it's a good
1: habit to have. But but then again, part of the problem with that is people, they go beyond the two-minute rule and they start. I mean, that's why, with especially with working out, a lot of people say start slow. Because, yeah, people will go in. They'll go all in on a workout. They'll run way too long. They'll work all of their muscles out. And the next day, they're too sore so they don't go to the gym. Mm. It takes a couple of days. And then they go again and they try really hard. And then they either injure themselves or it takes several days. And then in a week, they might have gone to the gym once or twice because they've been so sore. And, yeah, maybe there's people who are working out that hard but if you start slowly and you do five minutes, and then yeah, that might be a really low amount, but you do five minutes a day. But after a month, you're like, I go to the gym six days a week. It's just a habit. I do it. And then it's easier to do 10 minutes because, well, I just I'm here every single day. So I think that's where the benefit of starting slow, making it a small habit is and adding on to it, is once it's a habit to get there every day, then adding a little bit extra is not so hard. But if you're like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go all in hundred percent day one. Well, if you do that, there might not be a day two or a day three.
0: No, no, it you crack me up because I have a friend of mine like if he hasn't worked out in a while. He'll be like, "We're gonna work double now," and I'm like, "No, like I'm gonna burn out." Like this doesn't make any sense to me. Like I gotta start somewhere. So I thought this was interesting uh about the sleep one. You know, sleep's one of the things I I struggle with. Like I still go to bed around one or two in the morning, and I wake up around six or seven or eight, depending on what I gotta do that day. But you know, I wonder if that works incrementally with sleep. Let's say you, you need to learn to get up earlier. Instead of me going to bed at one, I'll start going to bed at 1245 mm-hmm. for a week and yep. then 1230 and then 1215. And that's ho-
1: exactly what I did. Is that? Yep. Okay. I, uh, I, the, a lot of research shows that it almost doesn't matter what time you go to bed every day. The most important thing for your psych- circadian rhythm is that you wake up at the same time every day. Huh. And so I knew I needed to wake up earlier. And so the first summer before, um, one of my teaching years is like i need to start waking up earlier so i have more time in the morning so like for 5 or 6 weeks before school started which is a good portion of the summer every 3 days i'd wake up 5 minutes earlier and i would keep that new schedule for for 3 days and then i'd wake up 5 minutes earlier until i got to like 4:30 at that point i think is when i was waking up and it wasn't as as big of a deal and then once i realized i was waking up early i was way more productive I was just naturally going to bed earlier like i didn't have to worry about well, what time i was going the, to bed
0: then the dopamine kicked in right then the the positive response the mm-hmm. reward right what we just talked about yep. like you saw the worth of waking up at four thirty in the morning
1: yeah and i i attached i did you know instinctively this thing of like okay i'm gonna drink my coffee i like drinking coffee in the morning and the other thing i loved omelets and i was always rushing out the door to go to work and i never got a good breakfast it was like a breakfast bar like a bowl of cereal really quick And I realized if I woke up, when I woke up, started getting up like a half hour earlier, I can make the best omelet of my life and still have plenty of time (laughs) to get ready for work. And it was like, this is worth getting up early, right? So I attached something I liked in the morning. Whereas if I slept in, it's like no omelet today, right? So that just goes to show that you can do these small incremental changes.
0: Really? Yeah, I've done that. I mean, not 4.30 in the morning, more like 6.30 in the Mm. morning, but I get what you're saying. I I, it's I just a feel. good feeling right like yeah. when you when you are drinking your
1: coffee and you're reading a book and you're like oh when I'm done with this book and drinking this coffee I'm gonna go make an omelet and then I'm gonna have time to uh to shower and get dressed and then I can kind of mosey my way out the door and I'll be at work on time instead of like rushing right that feeling in the morning was just, that was worth the yeah pressing snooze man that feels really good for a couple minutes but rushing out the door is terrible and the rest of my day is a mess
0: Right. Listen, I a hundred percent know what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's move on to the next chapter about how to make good habits, inevitable and bad habits, impossible, which I thought was a pretty powerful chapter. He, He talks about the idea that about a commitment device. So let's talk about that first. Commitment device is a choice you make in the present that controls your actions in the future. Right? So he says, there are many ways to create a commitment device. You can reduce overeating by purchasing food in individual packages rather than bulk size. You can voluntarily ask to be added to the banned list of casinos and online poker sites to prevent future gambling sprees. Uh, I've heard of athletes who uh, have to make way for a competition choosing to leave their wallet at home during the week before weigh-in so they won't be tempted to buy fast food. Mm. And I I agree. I agree with this. I I think, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything in the book, Uh, this commitment device. So again, Again, I'm not, we're talking about health, but I think health is important. And one of the things I struggle with is my health. My health goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And I have found that the times that I, I'm healthier is when I already have, I remove all the terrible foods from my fridge and my pantry and I put all the good foods in there. Mm. And then on top of that, I have the the guilt of, I dropped a lot of money. I better not waste this money, right? So I better eat what's here. I better, you know, enjoy what's here. And so I think it's really good to to make it difficult for you to jump into any bad habit you have, even if it costs you maybe a little bit of money or maybe a little bit of time. You have anything you want to add to that? And I think those are good. I think I, I know of,
1: you know, there's apps you can get that will basically make your phone a dumb phone, right? After a certain time, you can put locks on your phone. So, okay. you know, between between 8 a.m. and 4 a.m., my phone action uh, functions as like an old phone. Like it takes phone calls and and texts, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying I use that app, but I know people (laughs) who do those things, right? So if you are struggling with phone, then a commitment device might literally be an app on your phone that locks your phone, right? Between certain hours or certain apps don't work in certain times. Another commitment device, it could be as simple as an alarm clock. And going back to our previous chapter about setting your environment up and maybe your alarm clock is in another room. Right, where you can't just roll over and hit snooze, but the devices, this thing is gonna go off and it's gonna be loud and it's gonna wake up everybody in the house. And so it kind of forces you to do that thing that you know you have to do, even though you don't necessarily want to I hate
0: those alarms. Like those old school Oh my gosh,
1: we got one for my dad because my dad was really bad at not waking up because he never slept, like he worked nights. um, And so he'd get like two or three hours of sleep and then you'd have to wake up and take some of us to school. And there'd be times where he wouldn't wake up and he wouldn't always wake us up. So we got him this alarm where it was, you know, those like uh, old toys that you could like pull, and then it would shoot like the the thing up into the air, and it would spin like a helicopter okay, blade. Okay, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so it was an alarm like that, where there was a helicopter blade thing on the top that fit in, like almost like a puzzle piece, it would fit in. And when the alarm went off, that thing would spin and then shoot up into the air. And the alarm wouldn't stop until he found it in the room and put it back onto the dock. Really, I've never so heard of that. So it was like a way to like basically force him to get up and get active, because otherwise he would just turn off the alarm and go to sleep. But yeah, you can literally have devices that make your life easier or intentionally more difficult to do certain things. And I think something like leaving your phone at home is a great example or uh, leaving a wallet at home. My wife and I started leaving our phones in our car when we'd go to dinner, right? Like certain things, it's like if I know that I'm supposed to be spending time with my wife but I'm going like this on my phone instead at dinner. Well, a commitment device might be literally a locked glove box in the car.
0: Well, they have those there's like now I think you can buy like cell phone lock boxes. So if like you're hanging out with people, like everybody puts their phone in there and they lock it, which crazy that that's where we're at in society, you know, but it's all good. I'm still, you know, it's funny. I'm not. This is going to divert us a little bit. But I remember when I first got my iPhone back in 2010 and I got so much hate for being on my phone all the time like because I was always on my phone when we're talking to people. Now, everybody's on their phone. So right. You were just addicted before everybody else was addicted. Yeah, but it's like a norm, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's right. Like, obviously, if I'm taking somebody out to a nice dinner and stuff, they're gonna be the center of my attention, not the phone, right? But you know, when I'm hanging out, with Mike, whatever's you know, but <laughs> but 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 it's it's interesting because sometimes we we forget that some of these things are bad habits, right? They're things that we need to resolve. They're things that we need to take care of, and so. Being able to set up commitment devices, whatever it be, if it's like, hey, spend a little bit more to make something happen or removing something to make sure something doesn't happen.
1: Or auto renewal, like another good example, like on Amazon, let's say there's a vitamin you know you're supposed to take and you're pretty good at taking it, but like, oh, I didn't buy any more. Just put it on on Amazon where it comes every 30 days. A new one comes in the mail. Mm -hmm. And if it's been like a month since you've used it and and here comes another bottle and the next month here comes... eventually you're going to have to start using this thing because you're paying for it and you've got them here. So you're going to, you're going to yeah. take the supplement or you're going to whatever it is. Like, so sometimes even that can be a useful device, like get a subscription to something that might help motivate you to do that thing. Get a subscription. Uh, you might push back on this, but if listening to certain books, like I want to listen to, uh, to books, I'm not a big reader, but I'd like to read, you know, uh, Moby Dick. And, and so I want to,
0: Read more of if these books. The in my buy-in, life. you're more likely to do things. Yeah. So you're like, if you know, if you have I, to spend money, you're
1: gonna make it happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy, you know, Audible. I'm gonna every month I'm gonna see this subscription come out. So I better use Audible. Or Diet Bet was a good one for me for a while. Is you pay a certain oh, amount of money that. to do the to to basically say I'm gonna lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time. That that motivation, like you said, a buy-in kind of forces you. But how can we use technology? Things like a, an app to lock your phone or automatic subscription or a purchase of something to make it easier to continue doing that thing. Yeah.
0: I'm a big believer that when you buy into something you, there's more value for it uh, for you and for the company, but it causes you to say, you know what? I made a commitment financially. I need to also make a commitment fully to whatever it is, whether it's working out, being productive, whatever the scenario is, but you got to find those things that automate your life and allow you to create those good habits and get rid of, those bad habits so this episode's so much jam-packed in here of things that can definitely not only change a reselling business but change your life and i don't believe that's an understatement i think that's true and not because of us but because of james clear's book uh the atomic habits the yeah. tiny changes that cause remarkable results that's right and i truly believe that has been true because it's already happened in my own life and hopefully if it yeah i am fumbling this and hopefully it's happening yours. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Peace.